0: You're listening to RiverCast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. Hey, I'm glad to see you guys. If you're new to River, we're just delighted that you're here. And we as a church are just kind of what you see is what you get. Just try to be no pretenses or that kind of thing. And we want to make much about Jesus and not a whole lot about us. And so we've started a series called Spiritual Tune-Up. And just, you know, coming out with COVID and different things in life, I just felt like the common sense with everybody is life has just been kind of yucky the last couple of years. And challenges and some really big challenges our families have gone through and some not so much. And just... You know, it just hasn't been a lot of fun. And so just really sense that God wanted us as a church to kind of step back and think about things. So we're kind of, in some ways, kind of going back to the spiritual fundamentals, if you will. Not so much, uh, you know, the fundamentals of the teachings of the Bible, but really more the fundamentals of what it means to live a Christian life. And last week we talked about Trusting God and just how basic and how important that is. And every moment of every day, you're either trusting God or you're not. Your thinking in that moment is either trusting God or not. Your actions are based on either trusting God or not. You just, it's, it's one of two things. And when you and I have stuff hit us, a good way to step back and say, wait a minute, am I really trusting God or not? And so that is just a foundational block of life, if you will, that once you know Jesus is Lord of your life, is that every moment of our day, more and more, we should be living a life that trusts God. And we all struggle with that, and we talked about that last week. So kind of think about this, maybe, if you will, building a wall, if if that makes sense to you, or just kind of putting the puzzle pieces together. That's a big one. The second one we're going to talk today about what it means to get control, getting control in your life, through walking in the Spirit. What does it mean to live a life that's filled with God's Spirit, that's walking with God, walking in the Holy Spirit? That is a difficult thing to get our minds wrapped around. It's, none of us likes to be out of control. Do you like when you are not in control of your life or in, can't seem to get something under control? A number of years ago, uh, Susan and I took our kids to the, uh, the water safari any, in the one in Old Fork. Any, any of you guys been to that? few of you, not too many? Wow, not very many. So it's a big water park, huge water park, and, um, and you know lots of different rides. So kind of on one end, they've got the crazy corkscrew. I mean, not quite roller coaster, but loop-de-loops, you know, and you go through these tubes and all the long way. And one of them, they kind of, I was like, I don't know so much about that one. It was kind of like... It's almost like a giant toilet bowl. I mean, it looked a lot better than that. But you just kind of drop down in, and like thirty feet, you know, you just kind of and you're just swimsuit and water, and you're just kind of going around and around and around until you kind of drop through the bottom. Like, so that's what it feels like to get flushed, you know. I kind of, kind of know. I thought that one was kind of, kind of cool. And then they, all the way down, you know, to the just the lazy river. If you've been to some water parks, you know, they just have the little current. They just kind of get through your little tube, and you just kind of bump along and just ride along. Well, I discovered that day that I'm more of a lazy river dad than a corkscrew dad. I really wanted to be the cool dad that could handle like everything, but I went down not the craziest corkscrew, but you know, like one of those that was up there. And I just about lost my mind when I dropped in. I thought, this has got to be the worst decision I've made in my life. What? <laughs> Why did I do this? I just... You know, you drop in, you lay down, one of those deals, you know, you kind of cross your arms and hope for the best. And, I mean, I just, you're not in control. I mean, you're just, the water's running by and you feel like you're going 100 miles an hour, even though you're not. And you're just, your body's contorting and you're just i just like, can this stop? Please, just no, seriously. I mean, literally, I'm like, okay, i got to close my eyes because it's too scary just to be open. You're in this tunnel, and I just kind of white-knuckled and just like, it'll be over, it'll be over, I'll make it, and it finally skidded me out across the water, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. I'm done with that. I had no interest. I did not enjoy not being in control. And in that moment, I couldn't pull the eject handle, I couldn't open the door, I could not get off this bus. Like, I was there and there was no other way around it. Sometimes you and I experience that in life. Sometimes our emotions run and we can't pack them back down in the box. Sometimes we get angry and we can't get it back. Sometimes we feel like, I know I shouldn't do this, but I can't help myself and I can't stop. Sometimes our mouth runs and all the while we're like, oh, I can't pull it back in. This morning, we're going to talk about what it means to get control in your life through living a life through the Holy Spirit. This is a basic building block, if you will, for what it means to live a Christian life. And it's a topic that's difficult. It's kind of there's a little bit of a mystery in this. What do you mean walking in the Spirit and living in the Spirit? Like what in the world does that mean? So we're going to talk about this this morning. Take your Bible, turn with me to the book of Galatians, chapter five, Galatians five. We're going to look at verse 16 through verse 26. Galatians five, sixteen. Listen to what the Bible says. You can either open your app or it'll be on the screen if, if you don't have your Bible open. I mean, there was a day when phones were coming out. Like, Put your phone in your pocket. Today, we're like, no, pull it out. We want you to open it. Go online. And, and so it's a good thing, right? So verse 16, the Bible says this, But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh, that's our like our basic sin nature, our kind of innate cravings, if you will, is what the flesh is. The desires of our flesh are against the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is who that is. And the desires of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, are against the flesh. For these two, these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. If you ever had trouble, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you absolutely had this trouble. God is inside you wanting to do one thing, and your nature and your sin and your desires want you to do something else, and there is this massive tug-of-war, this brawl going inside of you, and you're like, what in the world? Paul goes on, he says this, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. That's good news. He's trying to help us to think through this. He's like, you're not under the law if the Holy Spirit's leading you. Now, the works of the flesh, these are the things that are inside of us. They're evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, and sensuality. Those first three are all sexual sins. The next two or more sins of worship or idolatries. And he goes on, he says, idolatry and sorcery. Sorcery was kind of the idea of drug use and wizardry and kind of worshiping pagan gods and that kind of thing. And the next ones are kind of social, relational sins. Enmity, which is just like anger, hatred, you know, toward others. Strife, jealousy, wanting what they have. Fits of anger, just blowing up and phew. rivalries, dissensions, divisions, kind of selfish living, wanting your way that causes, you know, rifts with other people. Envy, whereas jealousy is where you want what somebody else has. Envy is you, you don't want what they want, but you don't want them to have it either. You're kind of like mad and you want to deprive them of it. Envy, drunkenness, and orgies. Drunkenness is what you do kind of alone or maybe in a smaller group. The orgies is the stuff that happens when everybody's drunk and the wild crazy parties and all of the nonsense that goes on there. And the things like these, Paul's like, yeah, this is just to give you the idea. There's a whole lot more stuff than this. He says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things, those who practice and it's regularly a part of their life, and that's just life for them. He says, those who do and practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. They're truly not a follower of Jesus. If that's your life and the character of your life and your whole overarching way of life, you really don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You really are not saved and are not a follower of Jesus. He goes on and he says this, But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of the Holy Spirit's work in your life, is what he means is this. Love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those things are not a part of the other stuff. These are different. And it say, He says, against such things there is no law. There's no proving it wrong. There's no attacking it. That These are, these are solid and in our life and they're redeemable and, our, and make our life healthy and in a life that honors and pleases God. And he goes on and he says this, he says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. We've crucified, as Jesus died on the cross for our sins, our sin nature died right along with him. Not our sin nature, but our our sins, just. we've crucified that with its passions and its desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, if the Holy Spirit has made us alive in Him, we ought to make sure that we're just staying right in step with Him as we live our life. And let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So I simply this morning want to just talk to you about what it means to walk in the Spirit, why we should do that, how to, how to do that? If you've been a follower of Jesus, you've bumped into this, this idea and read this passage before, and there's a bit of a mystery to it. Just how does that work? How do you know when you're walking in the Spirit and not? How do you know? How, do, how does that play out in our life? So what does it really mean to, to, to live it in such a way that you're getting control in your life, not by you doing something, but by the Holy Spirit doing something? You know, the world today is looking, I I don't know how much money and time is being spent trying to get control of us, like individually, whether it's seeing therapists or medications, all kinds of things to kind of get control inside of, of us and, you know, management classes and all kinds of things. And what the Bible says is really the only one that can bring that under control is God the Holy Spirit. He's the only one that can do it. So walking in the Spirit means that we are living a life whereby the Holy Spirit is the one guiding us and leading us. He's in charge, not us. When you have become a follower of Jesus Christ, you make a major decision to, instead of you controlling your life, living life the way you want to and under your own authority and doing whatever you please, you recognize that you have made a mess of your life, that that list of stuff is inside of you, and you confess it to Jesus, and you say, Jesus, I want you to forgive me of that because you died on the cross, and I give my life to you. I surrender my life to you. And what you're doing is, is you are giving him authority and control in your life for the rest of your life. And from that point forward, there is this tug-of-war going on inside of you because you were still a sinner with a sin nature, but now the Holy Spirit has taken up residence inside of your life, and you every day and every moment, not only should you be trusting God in your life, but a part of that equation is you choosing to live a life with God the Holy Spirit is the major influence in your, your life. It is For us to walk in the Spirit means that we are allowing Him. We are following His lead, and He is guiding us. You see, the Holy Spirit is inside of us from that moment that we trust Him, and He's always leading us toward a, a way that pleases God and that honors God in everything that we do. It's Him leading us. That's what the Bible means in verse, verse 18. He says, but if you are led by the Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is the one who's influencing you, who's prompting you, who's guiding you. If God's Word that He has spoken to us is the, the major influence in your life and your decisions and what you're doing, then you are being led by Him. He is the one guiding your life. He's the one directing your path. He is the one, not just on a Sunday morning when we listen to what God is saying to us, but He's the one that all the other days of the week and all the moments in those days, and we are responding, whether we're responding to our children, whether we're responding to our coworkers, or our boss, to customers, however, wherever we are in life, that it's God's leadership in us in that moment is what's the overriding character of our life. Some people feel like being filled with the Spirit. You know, there's so many ter- things going on in here. There's a baptism in the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit and walking in the Spirit and being you know, filled with spiritual fruit. It, just, it gets so confusing. But we're baptized in the Spirit the moment we receive Jesus. And that's never taken away from us. We're never commanded to be baptized in the Spirit. It's an automatic thing that God does. In fact, we baptize people in water as a picture of that spiritual baptism. But the Bible does tell us to walk in the Spirit and be filled with the Spirit. And best as I can tell, those two things are pretty close to synonymous. It's, it's being filled in such a way that He is leading and living your life. Being, you know, being filled with the Spirit and walking the Spirit is not some super experience that you get these nice goosebump tingles, you know, that you just kind of, oh, I feel so alive and all of that. You, know? you just might have had a little too much caffeine this morning, you know, maybe a little too much chocolate sugar running off in, inside of you that you kind of, you know, a little adrenaline pump there going. And what it means is, is that those concepts mean that you are yielding to God's leadership in a in the regular part of your life. See, that's what walking means. Whenever the Bible talks about walking in a certain way, it doesn't mean literally physically walking. It means that in everything you do in your life becomes that characteristic. It's just... You living your life, the pattern of the day. So it's you as you commute on your way to work. It's you as you come home. It's you when you lay your head on the pillow at night. It's you when you work out. It's you when you're sick and lying in bed. It's you when you're watching TV. It's you when you're vegging and watching YouTube or TikTok or whatever. It's it's everything in your life is characterized by following the Holy Spirit. This picture of keeping in step with the Spirit, that's, that's another piece of being led by the Spirit. It's down in verse 25. You know, if we live by the Spirit, in other words, if we're alive, the Lord Jesus makes us alive. We sang this morning about coming out of that tomb. That's where we were when we were in sin and we were dead, but we came out of that and Jesus made us alive through his Holy Spirit. And if we're alive spiritually, then we ought to keep step with the Spirit. It's a command. It's kind of us, that word keeping in step was used of, a, of soldiers marching in time to their commander, being in line and following the commander. Maybe if that's too militaristic for your, you know, mindset, so maybe you're creative and like to, you know, you're the color out of the lines. People think about like, like it was also a term could be like, uh, like dancing, so like following the lead of the Holy Spirit as you kind of navigate and dance your way through life, but it's us responding to Him. Now that's what it means to walk in the Spirit. It means yielding our life to Him. And we're not always aware of when we are and when we're not. Right folks? Can Honestly, can you at any given mo- moment always a hundred percent no? Maybe at times, but a lot of times not so much. Because sometimes our nature and our desires of our heart they betray us, and we think that we want something that's good, but deep down, we know, yeah, we just want it, like we're just want it and want to do things our way, and we're yielding to that other nature that's still inside of us, so why should we walk? why should we care about this? The big thing is is because there's that war going on inside of us. Paul makes it very clear in Galatians. He does it again differently. He says it differently in Romans. But he says this. He says, the desires of our flesh, that nature, that stuff that's inside of us are against. They're opposing forces. They're rivals. The Holy Spirit is fighting against inside of our soul the things that our soul naturally wants to do. They're opposed to each other. If you've ever just wondered, like, why is it so hard to do these things? If you, not if, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have absolutely experienced this, where you know that God is trying to kind of clean up an area of your life. And it's hard. And it's like working out, you know, but spiritually in the middle of it, and it's kind of two steps forward and one back, and how do you grow and deal with this? And, oh, I thought we dealt with this, and it's agonizing and painful. The reason it's agonizing and painful is because this Holy Spirit is pointing out to you how awful it is, and you He doesn't want you to do it, and You and your your spiritual heart, soul, don't want to do it either, but you've got this betrayer inside of you, this nature that still just wants to do its own thing and live its life independently of God. And so there's that war, that turmoil that happens. If you've experienced that or are experiencing, congratulations, you are normal. (laughs) You are not weird. This is not awful. You are not psychotic. You're not just thinking that this is so hard to get. How do I stop thinking about this stuff? How do I stop being so angry? How do I stop being so jealous of my ex-spouse? How do I get so stop by struggling all of that when I know I shouldn't? Congratulations. You're experiencing the war inside of your soul that goes on for every single follower Of Jesus the fact that there is a war is actually a compliment because when we're not a follower of Jesus it doesn't matter so much the Holy Spirit's not fighting against that he's outside of you the fact that there is a war and you're aware of it it's literally half the battle just consciously recognizing that and so we lean into him and we want to walk in the Spirit because we recognize there is that fight And we want to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about in a minute about how to do that. But we do it because to not do it makes our life this other mess. I mean, look at the characterization of these things. Some of those things, I'm like, wow, is that word really in the Bible? Yeah, it really is. It's crazy. I mean, there's... We can unpack what some of these things are mean, to be honest with you. I I would blush and don't want to. The Bible is just so frank with some of these words. But these things are, this is what's inside of us. If you've ever looked at anybody, if you've ever read anything in the news, how could they have ever? You need to recognize that the same sins you see in other people's life The same things, I don't care if you're reading about it online and, you know, in the news and the shocking, our media runs off of shock and fear. It just the conservative side, the liberal does all of it because they make money off it. And we need to honestly focus, this is a side, we just need to be careful with all of that stuff. Our world ought to be about Jesus, (laughs) not all of that. I don't care where you are, conservative, liberal, non-whatever, but If you ever read any of that stuff, or if you ever have a friend that's like, wow, how could you do that? That's so mean. You need to to take a step back and realize, oh my goodness, that same junk lives inside of me. That same temptation, that same reality. Paul is talking about the stuff that's inside of us. That's what these lists are. All of these areas. And so when you and I don't walk in the Spirit, That is what our life begins to look like, even if we're a follower of Jesus. And we can fall back into those things. Jesus came to die on the cross to pay the penalty for that stuff. That stuff earned us death. That stuff earned us separation from God. And He willingly and gladly... In fact, the Bible says, I don't understand it in Isaiah, that God was delighted to pour out punishment on His Son so that you and I could be forgiven. And He forgives us. And as a result of it, He wants us to be cleaned up and to more and more live that out in our, our life. And so when we're not walking the Spirit, we experience that junk. That junk, look at that list, that destabilizes life. When, you're, when your world is controlled by jealousy... And your life is controlled by anger. And your life is controlled by the lust and sexual sins in your life. And go through that list and, and you, you're just the overarching picture and your world is dissension and rivalries and all of that. That has a way of just tearing you up and destabilizing your, you at your core. And you don't, we don't at heart want to live that way. So if you like that, then don't walk in the Spirit. If you want to be overrun by anger and jealousy and sexual sins and all of these things, then just ignore what it means to walk in the Spirit. Just just ignore that. But instead, if you would rather experience the list that what Paul tells us and describes to us what it's like to walk in the Spirit, he says, hey, if you're yielding your life, following God moment by moment in your life, instead all of that junk, Actually, what's blooming in your life, the garden, if you will, of your life is is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. I mean, that list is amazing. I don't know about you. I compare those two lists. Heck, yeah, I want love and joy and peace in my life. I don't want all of that. I want to wake up in the morning with joy. I want to wake up with a peace and a security and that even in the middle of a crazy world, it's okay. I want to wake up and be faithful in my life. I don't want to be irresponsible. I want to be faithful. I want to have self-control. I want to be able to live in such a way that I've got the ability to say no and to step back and and not be sucked down the corkscrew of life where I just can't even seem to get my own, my thinking and emotions and my actions and all of that under control. I want God to be in control of my life. So we, we walk in the Spirit recognizing there's a war and we want to yield ourselves. We want to experience all that God meant for us. That's what the abundant life is, folks. Jesus saying that I came to have, they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. That's what God wants us to experience. He wants us to experience those changes, that life change that we talk about so often at River. That's what it means. And when we do that, this is the third reason why we do this, is because when we experience those blessings ourselves, everybody around us begins to experience those, too. The people around us do. When love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and faithfulness and goodness and self-control is what's inside of you, and that comes out of you, that has a way of changing all of your relationships when rivalries and jealousy and anger and all of that other stuff selfishness sexual lust when that is what's coming out of you who wants to be around that it it blesses it it changes families it changes relationships it changes life you see those those characteristics are not just things that are inside of us that fruit of the spirit it, it's in, it's inside of us, but it's what comes out of us, and it's towards other people. These are relational things. It's it's towards other people, and so everybody around us begins to experience it. And as a result, those relationships have a chance to change. See, think about it this way: we've all seen in the news and seen, you know, whether whether you watch it or just. Read the article. We've seen bombed out buildings in the Ukraine, right? We continue to need to re- pray for the people in, in Ukraine that there would just be peace. Honestly, Ukraine and Russia, there's a lot of people in Russia that don't want to be doing what they're doing either and all of that. So here's what happens in our relationships with people. When there's a fight and a war going on between two people... It's like what's going on right now between Russia and Ukraine. Strategies are being made, resources are being driven, bombs are being dropped, you know, things are being launched, missiles are being launched. And the people in the Ukraine right now are so busy trying to fight back and defend themselves that they can't fix or repair anything that's been bombed and destroyed. Regardless of who wins, if there's even a winner in this thing, whether Ukraine keeps all of the regions under their authority, or if they end up being annexed to Russia, regardless of how that all happens, that land inside the Ukraine and all of the people and all the agencies and all the organizations will be decades overcoming that. They can't even stop right now to repair some things because they're too busy trying to fight and defend themselves. So let's put this together husband and wife. When you're in the middle of it, lobbing arguments and fighting at each other, you can't even stop in that fight to repair the damage that's being done and the things that are being inflicted because you're in the middle of the war. You see, in order for that to begin to truly repair, somebody in that relationship has got to step back and say, wait a minute. Regardless of what's coming at me with the other person, God is the one I'm supposed to be following. And he tells me love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and faithfulness and gentleness and goodness and self-control. And when one person begins doing that, somehow there begins to be a ceasefire Not initially, but there at least begins to be room for that. And the damage that has happened begins to have a chance to heal. And until that happens, there is no healing. The awful reality is, is folks, is we are all sinners. And because of that, we sin against other people and they sin against us. And we do stuff, we damage them and they damage us. And it goes back and forth, and we're in the middle of that war and that mess. But walking in the Spirit is the only thing that begins to create space and a safety and to change our life. And regardless of what wrongs other people have done or are doing in the middle of it, we each can experience that God's work in our heart and to change us. So this is not just about God you know, changing us and saving us and making us right because it's right. It changes our life. It blesses us so much on this planet. Like, who cares if you have money for this and that and do all these dreams? Man, I just, my life, to live that life with love and joy and peace, I'll take that all day long. All day long over so much of the other things. And to begin to experience God to transform those relationships with others, that's what we want and we're, we do it because this is totally possible because our sin, nature, our flesh, has been crucified to that cross. It's been nailed to the cross. The Bible says, and I've lost my chapter. I don't know how I flipped that page, but let me get back. So in, chap- in, in chapter five, verse 24 or five, verse 24, it says that when we belong to Christ Jesus, we've crucified that flesh. See, those passions and desires, when you and I received Jesus, they got nailed to the cross right alongside Jesus Christ. All of that junk, in essence, has had a stake put through the heart, if I could change the analogy, but it's been crucified. It's nailed. And we're alive. We can do this because Jesus has come into our heart and into our life, and he is changed us. So how do, we, how do we begin to do that? How do we continue to do that? First thing I want you to know is it's a choice. It's a, it's a choice. It's a decision. This is a command. We are to walk in the Spirit. We are to continually... This is written in such a way that we are told to do this. It's not an option for a follower of Jesus, and it's not automatic. The fruit of the Spirit is automatic. It's what God the Holy Spirit does inside of us. You know, He doesn't tell us... Be joyful in this case. He's saying, this is stuff that I'm actually gonna just automatically produce in your life. In fact, if you walk in the spirit, this kind of automatically happens. You're planting seeds and this is gonna happen. But he tells us to focus on walking in his spirit. It's a command. We have a choice in this matter, which means we can disobey or we can obey. And life is really not that complicated. We tend to make and get muddled up with all the complications, and they're really not. Are you trusting God or are you not? Are you walking in the Spirit and obeying Him or are you not? It's, it's really binary. It's a choice that he tells us that we need to make and say, I'm going to honor God, and I'm going to get up today, and I'm going to follow Him. And it's a choice that we have to make repeatedly, throughout that day, repeatedly, it becomes a focus of our life. That's the second piece of this, of how do you do it? You see, walking in the Spirit is making God the focus of your life, making Him kind of the, the point of everything, of how you live. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 6. It's not on your screen, but listen to what it says. In Romans six thirteen. it says, do not present your members, talking about the members of your body, don't, whether it's your mind, whether it's your, your, your thinking and your reasoning and all of that, whether it's your hands, your lips, just everything. Don't, don't make any of that. It says, don't make those members to present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but instead present yourselves to God as those who've been brought from death to life. And your members to God as instruments of righteousness. You see, it's a focus. Present yourself to God. Don't present yourself to that. How do you walk in the Spirit? Make a conscious decision to focus your life to please God. There's an old kind of... Uh, uh, oh, the word's escaping me right now. Um, legend, if you will, that uh, a young man was trying to... He was so... Ad- Uh, admired his father, that his father was so well respected in the community as somebody that was wise and people looked to and seemed to have his his act together and life together, made such good decisions and all of that in life and effective and successful. And his son, as he was trying to figure that out as a young man, as a teenager, and then his young man was struggling. And some days he did well and some days not so well and all of it. And just finally, he finally, in frustration, just poured his heart out to his dad he said dad how and he just kind of unpacked all of it and just how do you do it and all of that and his dad listened to him for a long time and thought thoughtfully he said son I was a lot like you at that age I realized that there are two dogs inside of me on some days there was that good dog that I was I would do well and I would you know live honorably and you know all of that And then other days, there was this bad dog that would fight with a good dog and it would win and it would pull me down and I would go and do and all of that. And and the son's just like, exactly, I feel the two dogs inside of me. So how did you defeat it? He said, son, the answer is easy. Feed the good dog. Stop feeding the bad one. Now, that's not exactly how it works inside of us but it's a good analogy. You see, we're going to forever have this sin nature inside of us, and we shouldn't despair in it. I don't know if you've ever been at that point of despair with a junk in your heart. If you're a follower of Jesus, you probably have or you will be. It's not a fun place to be when you just realize, like, I cannot do this. And it's in the middle of that you go to God and say, God, you've got to help me, and God's kind of in heaven. I think like... Now you're getting the idea. <laughs> you finally are getting it. Thank you. But it's you and I genuinely focusing and feeding that nature of that life and leaning into what God wants. And for me, it's starting in the morning, and it's, God, I want to live for you today. It's, it's making that the just a regular running thing in your life, and you cultivate that in your heart, living for Him, because if you're not feeding that direction, the automatic is, is you're feeding the other, and it's getting bigger and stronger in your life. And the longer you go down that road, the harder it is to get it under control, and the more, or the bigger the battle is and all of that. So it's a, a focus in our heart. The third thing, not only is it a choice, not only is it a, a focus of our life, and we're going to, I think it's the next one, we're going to talk about how do you live a life with God as your priority. What does that look like? Kind of the third piece of that puzzle. But as we to do that well means there's habits in our life these are not legalistic check the boxes they shouldn't be they usually become that but there's habits in our life that lead to healthy lifestyles folks we should know in our culture today that there's habits of life that are good for you and there's habits that are bad for you we all know we should eat healthy right we all cheat at times, and maybe a little cheating is okay, all right? I'm, even healthy people cheat. I've watched you. Like, you're not always good. I love you, but yeah, you cheat too. Like, we know we should exercise and, and all of that. Habits. So Colossians 3.16 tells us this, that if we're going to live in such a way that we should let God's Word Dwell inside of our hearts richly. Colossians 3.16 says this, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns, spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your heart to God. So God's Word is that habit in our heart that begins to feed the big dog. That means reading His Word, getting a steady diet of that into our heart and soul, meeting with God, not to just... Check a box or read a devotion. Sometimes if you have a devotion and you read it, and it's gone. Sometimes you read the Bible and it's like, I don't even know what that said. And you got to read it over and over again. But it's, it's in your heart, leaning into and allowing God to speak into your soul. That's a habit in your life. It's a habit as we sing. that's what Colossians 3 is talking about, singing and making melody in your hearts, giving thanks to God. That's why we sing songs to God. It's a reflection of our worship to God, but it's also a teaching through those truths into our heart. So maybe a habit for you to, to feed that and is listening to music about God during the week and singing along on your way to work and having it on the radio, and whether you're listening to the Christian radio or if you're like, "Yeah I don't like any of those songs, and find it. I don't care if you like rap music or hop pop's your thing. There's Christian hip-hop out there. There's Christian country music, I suppose. I'm not really a country guy. There's, I'm not really a Christian rap guy, but like whatever your style is, it's pretty much out there. I don't know if there's Christian punk. There's probably that, but that's not very many people in here for the most part. Like you can find your style, right? And have it speak into your world. Have it reflect into your day. When you lay your head at night, maybe you've gotten garbage and junk in the middle of the day and maybe you have sinned and all of that, then in the day, reading reflecting God's Word and follow, go to sleep, fall to sleep on that and start your day out in the morning with that and begin these habits of praying and, and turning your heart into focus and saying, God, I want to live for you. And the days that you don't feel like that, just like there's days that you don't feel like being on your diet and exercising, eating well, The crazy thing is God knows that we struggle and God knows that we're weak. So just tell him, say, God, I admit I really don't feel like doing this. I admit that that big dog is kind of raising up and I just want to be lazy and apathetic. So you say, God, forgive me, help me. And if that's all you do, that's good. At least do that. Just live your way that's authentic and dealing with that in your heart. And as you and I begin to lean into that, God the Holy Spirit begins more and more to exert His influence in our life, and our life begins to characterize more of Him, where we do experience His love. And inside of our soul, we experience more of His joy. We experience more of His self-control. One of the fallacies and failures of the world around us is we think the real solutions are either out there, or they're just inside of us. You You know, just kind of work harder and make it all happen. Or we try to think, you know, well... If we want joy, let's go do some joyful, happy things. That doesn't give you joy. In fact, we've all tried to be joyful and do happy, joyful things, and we get there and like, yeah, I feel the same way I do now as I did then. You see, the real change of all of this is actually not from inside of us. It's not even from out there in the world. It's actually what God does inside of us through the Holy Spirit. See, that's that spiritual soul part. The world misses this, that we're not only a thinking being, we've got a mind that reasons and thinks, we're a physical being, but we're also a spiritual being, we have a soul. And it's that spiritual side, that what Paul's dealing with us here, that speaks into the other and helps so much. So, so make God your focus, make that choice to live for Him, to, to follow Him and His leading, focus on him, create some of those habits in your life, that rhythm of praying, of confessing your sin. What do you, Sean, what do I do? As soon as you sin, you're no longer walking in the spirit. Why? Because the spirit went right and you went left. The dance partner went this way and you went that way. And so if you're a soldier and you get out of line, what do you do? Oh, forgive me, and get back in line. Now, God's not a drill sergeant, thankfully. He's not going to chew you out. Right, Frank? He's not going to get you. (laughs) He will. If you keep going down that road, he'll chew your rear end out. But once you say, God, forgive me, and get in line, he says, good job. Keep going. So you confess it to God. Say, God, forgive me. I want to walk and follow you and create that pattern in your life and follow him. So, What that means for us is that we each in our life need to lean into following the Spirit more than just trying to stop doing the stuff we shouldn't do. See, there's something unusual here, and even we as Christians struggle with this. We miss that there is both a negative and a positive side to repentance. Repentance means to turn around. It means to turn away from sin. It means to turn away from that which is bad, but then to turn and pursue that which is good. And we tend to focus on the bad. So if you're struggling with things, men, those of you that are struggling with pornography and lust, you're never going to get to the place of victory in it consistently if you just keep focusing, don't do pornography, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. You're just looking at the negative side of repentance. What the Bible says, actually, you need to flip and say, God, I'm pursuing you. God, I'm pursuing you. God, I'm going to walk in your spirit. God, I love you. God, I want what you've got. And as you keep going that way, that stuff gets smaller. Yeah, you need to recognize it's bad and say, i got to stop that, and oh, this is awful. And you need to kind of own that. But along the way, you're never going to get to the place until you pursue Jesus. You see, when you and I pursue Jesus and God... All of that stuff begins to drop away. You know, just focus in. Oh, i got to stop being angry. i got to get my anger management. i got to get this the across. i got to stop being angry and all that. And you're just so fixated on anger, you're not pursuing Jesus. That doesn't work. Pursue Jesus and walking under his leadership, and that stuff just begins to drop off you. Pursue the positive. Don't stop pursuing the negative. I mean, stop that but make your life pursuing what Jesus has. So whatever your thing is or things that you struggle with, whether it's gossiping, whether it's anger, whether you're struggling with jealousy, control, all of that stuff, recognize it, admit it to God, confess it, then turn around and stop pursuing Jesus. Start that and pursue Him in your life. I'm making Him the focus. Yield and open your life to Him like our video shared initially. And as you live that, that stuff begins ending up more and more in your rearview mirror. And you're relying on God to do that work in you and not just you, kind of little engine I could, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I didn't, I think, oh I fail again, oh no I can't, oh wow, here I, instead of that God, you're changing me. You see all of that sin is actually, including pornography, is actually a just a reflection that your relationship with God is not what it needs to be. It's actually a symptom, not really just the problem. <laughs> it's a symptom of you and I having a heart that's drifted from God. So any of those things, when our minds are overwhelmed and we're living in life of anger and are out of control and, and all of that, it's a reflection that we need to pursue God. And God has a way of sorting that stuff out. So I don't know how God has spoken to your heart this morning, but I'm willing to bet there's some things in there along the way, some breadcrumbs that He's probably spoken to most of us. And so this time when we sing this song and even in this prayer, begin to take those steps. And I don't know what that means. Maybe there's a habit you need to step into. Maybe you've you've really been broken over your sin, but you just are so stuck and feel so guilty and shamed over it. You need to recognize Jesus when you trust Him, He's removed the shame, He's forgiven you, and He's broken the power of that sin over you. You just need to pursue Him and let Him to transform you more and more in your life. And I know that's easy, you're said than done, and there's steps and processes in that. But just begin reflecting and turning to Him. But whatever that next step with you is this morning, begin to take that, and make that commitment to Him. Pray with you with, with me, would you? Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that He died for us and rose again, and that through His salvation on the cross, that we can live a life that walks with You. Lord, I, we all want oh, that spiritual fruit. Lord, forgive us when we pursue it in other ways. Forgive us when we ignore and neglect You and think that we can have that in some other way other than just simply walking with You. Lord, we want the abundant life. And forgive us when we feed that big dog and that sin nature and, and just keep pursuing that and going back to that. Lord, help us to live that life of repentance, to live that life of walking with you, walking in your spirit, being influenced and guided by you. Lord, would you work in such a way this year in our heart that we experience your love and your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Lord, we want that toward all the people in our life. Help us to be there, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.